Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletown from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Minneapolis is Tracy E. Tracy. Tracy is Vice President for Compliance and Legal at Novu Health, and we're going to be talking today about the compliance challenges of smaller organizations. Uh, Tracy, first, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, great. Glad to have you. Now, let's dive in. For most smaller organizations, the compliance officer is going to have little resources and, and quite likely is wearing multiple hats. First, how do you ensure that you as a compliance officer are meeting compliance requirements despite your limited resources? Well, I think there are a few basics that you always want to cover. And I think these apply whether you're in a small organization or a large organization. But I would say, first of all, it's very important to understand the rules, the regulations, the laws that really govern your business sector, right? If you are in healthcare, for example, you got to make sure you understand potentially your CMS obligations and what the OIG is saying about your industry. Um, and if you don't have the skill set to research and kind of get your arms around all of your regulatory obligations, um, it's so important to have good support either from inside or outside counsel. And then second, I always think about, let's go back to the basics, the seven elements of an effective compliance program uh, outlined in the U U.S. sentencing guidelines are extremely helpful, especially in a small organization where you don't have a lot of resources. Why reinvent the wheel, right? So I think that's the checklist and that's the methodology. And then this is an important one. Assess your risks. Um, you can't get your arms around everything, but you should definitely be paying attention to those particular areas of your business that are of highest risk. I always think, you know, things like data or healthcare privacy off very often float to the top of the list. And then figure out what you can do and how you might develop uh, what I call engaged collaborators. So for example, who can help deliver and track your training activities? Um, if you can't convene a formal compliance committee, you know, is there another leadership gathering that can have compliance topics as a part of the regular agenda? Are there people in your organization who can help with investigations? So I think it requires some, some creativity. Uh, don't reinvent the wheel and understand what your obligations are. Yeah, absolutely, because you can't do everything yourself. And the bottom line is your organization probably has other resources or, you know, as you call them, and I love the phrase, engaged collaborators who can be quite helpful for you. Now, as you go through it, you know, you mentioned you got to know what you need to focus on and start with things like the sentencing guidelines to give you structure. But looking within yourself in terms of the resources available, what qualities do you think make for a successful compliance officer in a smaller setting? I love this question because it makes me think about, you know, we live in an age of intense specialization, right? And so often our value is in what's that niche thing that I'm super good at. And I've worked in large settings. I had a period of time where I worked for Target Corporation, for example, huge organization. Um, and so you have the opportunity to specialize. But when I think about the qualities that help me be successful, I think it's flexibility, it's responsiveness, 
um, a service mindset and a, a real willingness to roll up your sleeves and just do work that might not be the most professionally satisfying, but it's absolutely crucial uh, to the compliance success of your organization. I like to talk about this as snout to tail compliance, right? They're on the snout end, if you will. Um, it's the strategic work that we do, right? It's working with our board of directors and engaging with executives to make sure they understand uh, what's happening from a compliance perspective. But then there are those extremely tactical things that absolutely must be done. Uh, checking off training, tracking people done to complete their training. Um, so it really is that ability to uh, work at both ends of the spectrum, if you will, and to really find joy in understanding that this is service to the organization and your willingness and flexibility to cover all of that territory really is helping your organization be successful. And at, at the end of the day, you know, I think the joy of compliance is helping our organizations be successful with integrity. Which is what you always want to do. And I do like you know some of the imagery there and the idea that really you have to be somebody who's able to look to the horizon, but also not be afraid to look down and get your hands dirty with sort of what's at your feet. Now, if you're in a small organization, you know, or any organization for that matter, your company wants to meet the expectations of its customers. How do you most effectively determine what you'll need to do to strengthen your compliance program to meet really their needs? I think there are a couple of keys to that. I think one is, and I mentioned it earlier, this idea of risk assessment. You know, I, I've gone to lots of um, seminars and webinars that talk about risk assessments, and, and they can be extremely elaborate, very in-depth. People have all sorts of um, technical tools to help do that. And sometimes if you're in a little organization that can make your head spin, and you can feel like, well, that's too much for us. We can't do that. I would say, though, find ways to simplify and do a risk assessment so that you really have the opportunity to focus on what is most important and what's most likely to be externally visible, either to your regulators or impactful to, um, to your clients or to your partners in the industry. And then look to past audit activity. And if you are in an organization, so many small organizations are vendors to larger organizations. That's certainly my scenario with Novu Health. And um, you know, our audit results have been great gap assessments that really help us understand what our clients are expecting, what are the most important things to them, and really given us the opportunity to focus on those things in terms of uh, closing gaps. So let's go a little deeper. I mean, you talked about audits. On an ongoing basis, how do you manage the audits that your customers may be requiring of you? I think that's a great question because, you know, what happens is you're in a small organization and you are stretched fairly thin wearing your multiple hats and you feel so great just knowing that you're covering the basics. And then you get a request for an audit. And these can be simple uh, attestation documents um, on the one end. The other end can be multi-tab spreadsheets with 20 and 30 items requesting 
uh, lots of documentary evidence to fulfill. And that's burdensome to do, and it's difficult to stop everything else that you're doing to focus on it. Um, so this is where I think having a good document retention practice and some solid collaborators can come in very handy, right? If you know where all of that evidence is and it's in a format that you can easily drag and drop into a document, that will save you a lot of time. I think it's also very useful to reach out and develop a rapport with the person who is doing your audit. Typically, when you get that notice, uh, there's a real person attached to that and this person typically says, and if you have any questions, uh, please reach out and let me know. And I always, always, always take the opportunity to do that because uh, it's much easier to work through the bumps and the challenges when you understand who the people are on both sides of that. So I have found that to be extremely helpful. And then I also know that there are some technologies out there that can help in an audit response um, process. And I've explored some of those because as we know, audits will often ask for the same information over and over. And while uh, the written evidence like policies or evidence of training is easy to get to, sometimes there are narrative answers. And if you can have a system that can just automatically feed and fill in that information, I think that could add to some efficiency in terms of um, managing the audit burden of your organization. Well, and, and more efficiency is always a good thing. Now, as you're talking about all the details the need to do things over and over again that your customers may ask for, can you ever say to larger customers, no, that's too much for us? And if so, how do you do it in such a way that they'll respect what you're saying and understand it and not walk away and just say, well, these people can't work with us? Well, in my fantasy compliance officer life, of course, and it's wildly successful, um, but I think the real world, uh, honestly, I have not encountered a great deal of flexibility in negotiating that down, right? That, that has been challenging, and I think larger organizations, uh, they're the ones oftentimes that can be on the front line of having to ensure the smaller organization that we're working with is also fulfilling compliance obligations. Um, so what I have had success with, and this is why it's so important, I think, to develop that rapport with the person who's conducting the audit, um, is to perhaps uh, set some expectations around timelines. Um, sometimes I have been able to reduce uh, the, a sample size, right? So someone will want a sample size of 50, and I've said, you know, that is 50% of our organization is that typical for the sample size that you're you know, usually looking for. And so we can make some adjustments there. Um, I think it never hurts to ask and certainly to do so respectfully and in a partnership fashion, um, not always successful. And at some point, you, know, you have to have the savvy to know when to just um, you know, cut bait and move on, right? And just get the work done. Sometimes you can haggle so much um, where really by the time you're done with that process, you could have just produced the work. So I think it takes a little self-awareness to uh, understand where your time and energy is best focused. And in a small organization, you got a lot less 
time and energy available for that because you're likely doing so many other things as well. Well, Tracy, thank you for taking the time to share those insights with us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <music>